come to the Word of God this morning, if you would turn with me to Matthew 27, Matthew 27, and we'll read verses 29 through to verse 33. We're also this morning going to consider John 19, verses 17 and verse 18. But let's read this morning Matthew 27, verses 29 through to verse 33. <coughs> and when they had plaited a crown of thorns, they put it upon his head, and a reed in his hand, and they bowed the knee before him, and mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews! And they spit upon him, and took the reed, and smote on the head. And after that they had mocked him, they took the robe off from him, and put his own raiment on him, and led him away to crucify him. And as they came out, they found a man of Cyrene, Simon by name, him they compelled to bear his cross. And when they were come unto a place called Golgotha, that is to say, a place of a skull. <coughs> The congregation we view this morning here in the word the spotless lamb of god the lord jesus christ having been so cruelly treated led away unto calvary to be crucified and there what an agonizing death he faced in order to redeem his people what love we read in john 15 verse 13 greater love hath no man than this that a man lay down his life for his Friends, what love, what sacrificial love, what great love, or what he faced upon the cross at Calvary. Oh, the death he endured, where he gave up the ghost, he died, his body was laid in the tomb, but death could not keep him. He rose victoriously upon the first day of the week. Peter said on the day of Pentecost in Acts 2 verse 23, Him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, ye have taken, and by wicked hands have crucified and slain, whom God hath raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that we should be holden of it. Well, this morning as we come to Matthew 27 and John 19, I'd like us to consider this theme, led to Calvary, led to Calvary. And as we come to these verses this morning, first of all, despised and led to Calvary. Secondly, a follower led to Calvary. And then thirdly, Jesus at Calvary. Despised and led to Calvary, a follower led to Calvary, Jesus at Calvary. Well, we note in verse 27 these words that the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the common hall and gathered unto him the whole band of soldiers and they stripped him and put on him a scarlet robe. How they treated our Lord. What pain they afflicted upon our Lord. They took the crown of thorns and they put it on his head and they did so with no care. And they mocked him, as we see there in verse 29. What pain they afflicted upon our Lord, and what sorrow our Lord knew within. 
when I placed the crown of thorns upon him. And notice what then they did in verse 30. They spit upon him and took the reed and smote him on the head. They spat upon him. How disgusting. How horrible to do that to our Saviour. Yet he endured being spat upon because of us. Because he loved us. He would bear away our sin. But they spat upon him. And they smote him. How they despised him. What cruel mocking he received. Notice verse 31. And after that they had mocked him, they took the robe off from him and put his own raiment on him and led him away to crucify him. What mocking. How they spoke against Christ. How they laughed at him. We see that in Psalm 22. He was mocked. In Isaiah 33, we read just a moment ago, he is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Rejected, despised. Back in Psalm 22 and verse 6, our Lord said this through the psalmist. Psalm 22, verse 6, But I am a worm and no man, a reproach of men, and despised of the people. Despised of the people he was then, here upon earth, throughout his life, but then particularly at Calvary. Consider he is still despised by many today, despised by some in Parliament, despised in the playground by certain boys and girls, despised in the workplace, despised in the street, and sadly despised by some, even in his church. He was despised here upon earth, and still today, he is despised by men and women here upon earth. Yes, he is in the glory, but many despise him. We only have to look out on this area, and look out on this nation, despised. Though he rose victoriously from the grave, though he sits as king, he is despised. Many say we will not have this man to reign over us. Is there someone here? You're despising Jesus. You will not have this man to reign over you. You're despising him in your heart. What well, we read in Psalm 2 verse 12, kiss the son. Lest he be angry and he perish from the way, when his wrath is kindled but a little, blessed are all they that put their trust in him. Kiss the son, embrace him, lest he be angry and he perish from the way. For many of you, you have embraced him in your heart. Oh, to embrace him further this morning. Those of us who love the Lord as we come around the table, Oh, to embrace him more this morning. To kiss him. Sadly, so many despise him. Turn again to those words in Psalm 22, verse 6. But I am a worm and no man, a reproach of men and despise of the people. For they that see me laugh me to scorn. They shoot out the lip. They shake the head, saying, they laugh. They shoot out the lip, they say words, and they shake the head. Do you know when one shakes the head at another, one looks at another, they shake the head in disdain. 
they looked down. How they shook the head at Christ. How they disdained him. How they looked down. I am aware and no man. Amazing words, aren't they? Uttered from Christ, the King of glory. I am aware and no man. Consider that particular worm, a creature of the earth, trodden down by men. In which we think particularly of the worm there in Psalm 22, the Hebrew word, it indicates a worm from which the scarlet crimson colour comes and is used to make dyes. Oh, consider Christ in his humiliation, how he was trodden down by men. Then consider the blood that covered the parts of his body, the crimson blood that flowed from his body, from his hands and his feet. I am aware and no man. He was despised by many, seen as just a carpenter's son. He was despised in his public ministry. He was despised particularly in those final hours. Oh, dear brethren, consider how Christ was despised as he was led forth to Calvary. How he was trodden down by men. How they looked down on him. How they jeered at him. How they laughed at him as he went the way to Calvary. Where he went that way, he suffered in his life. And he suffered in the garden and suffered on the way. And suffered at Calvary that you might be taken from bondage and become a child of God. He was despised that you would be received. We'll consider for a few more moments his rejection. Then in Psalm 22, I am a woman, no man, a reproach of men, and despised of the people. He was reproached. It literally means contempt, scorn, such rude arrogance towards Christ. He was reproached, he was despised, disdained, held as worthless, disesteemed, that's what the word despised means. Laughed at, Psalm 22 verse 7, all ye that see me, laugh me to scorn. What cruel mockings, what rebellion, what contradiction as the apostle declares in Hebrews 12. Or consider what he suffered out of love for you. What he suffered that you would be received, oh, to be thankful that he endured such. He endured all these things that you might be blessed, that you might be redeemed. Oh, remember him when you suffer. It can be hard at times. People mock you, disdain you, shake the head at you because you're a believer. It's not easy, is it? But remember Christ and the great measure of sufferings he faced. Hebrews 12 verse 3. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself. Lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. We can be weary. We can begin to faint. Remember Jesus. And remember he's that sympathizing high priest. He is touched with the feeling of your infirmities. When you suffer for his sake. He is so mindful of you. Well, consider here this morning, he was led to Calvary as one despised. He had done nothing wrong. 
Yet they led him to Calvary and they laughed at him. You think of a criminal. A criminal is taken away to the cell from the courtroom. And people look down. Well, people looked down on Jesus, but he had done nothing wrong. How he was mocked on the way. And what agony he faced within. What pain in his soul. In Psalm 88 verse 3 we read, For my soul is full of troubles, and my life draweth nigh unto the ground. His soul full of trouble. Yes, he would look up. And he would praise the Father, but his soul was full of troubles. Not just a few. His soul was so filled up with troubles. He was so weary. My life draweth nigh unto the grave. His heart was so full of trouble as he thought of death, as he thought of the grave. So full of troubles was the soul of Christ as he made his way to Calvary. Well, as he was led away to Calvary, being despised by the people, he was so exhausted. And because of this, they compelled Simon Cyrene to bear his cross. And so we come now to consider, secondly, a follower led to Calvary. A follower led to Calvary. Notice verse 32. And as they came out, they found a man of Cyrene, Simon by name, him they compelled to bear his cross. Now we read in Luke 23 verse 36 this, And as they led him away, they laid hold upon one Simon of Cyrenian, coming out of the country, and on him they laid the cross, that he might bear it after Jesus. And we believe that Simon Cyrene bore one part of the cross, or particularly the cross beam, it was put on Simon Simon's shoulder, and he was to bear it. And he would bear that cross beam all the way to Calvary. And then at Calvary, the cross was assembled, and our Lord was nailed to it. And then our Lord was lifted up. The cross beam had been carried all that way, and there at Calvary, the other piece was assembled together. And our Lord was lifted up, and they thrust the cross into the socket. Well, consider then Simon Cyrene, he was bearing the cross, at least one end of it, as John Gill makes plain. Well, he was pressed into service, compelled, certainly to begin with, he did not want to do it. To bear a cross in front of the soldiers, and the people, they were mocking the Lord. They were laughing at the Lord. They were despising the Lord. To bear the cross, the cross beam, after our Lord, Simon Simon, he would not want to have done it, to be associated with Christ, as Christ was led there to Calvary. He was ashamed. And so he was compelled, he was pressed into doing it. Are you ashamed of Jesus? One of old roads, I'm not ashamed to owe my Lord. But Simon was ashamed, and so he was compelled. But he followed Jesus, bearing the cross as he went to Calvary. And just consider it. Jesus was out front. Jesus was in view. And Simon, Simon, 
was following. And Simon Cyrene would view Jesus being led to Calvary, to Golgotha. He would see the Lord out in front of him until the cross piece, the cross beam was put down and the cross was assembled and our Lord was nailed to it. What a sight it was for Simon Simon to behold the Lord in great agony, to see the blood coming down his face where the crown of thorns had been put on his head, to see the blood coming from his back where our Lord had been wept. What a sight it was. And to see our Lord so exhausted and in such agony, what must have been going through the mind of Simon Simon? What must have been going through his heart? Here was the one, the promised one. And here Simon Simon, Simon was following him. Well, consider here one is following Jesus led to Calvary. The heart of Simon would be, without a shadow of doubt, moved. And the number I believe, in light of a passage in the New Testament, that love filled the heart of Simon as he follows our Lord to Calvary. Dear brothers and sisters, you're following Jesus. Well, remember him. Remember the pathway of sufferings he had to face in his life as he went about doing good in the garden before Pilate. What he suffered also by the hand of soldiers. What he suffered as he was led to Calvary. And then consider particularly the sufferings at Calvary. Lift up your head and view your Saviour by faith and love and remember his suffering. Remember the way to Calvary. Remember the cross. Remember his sufferings this morning. <coughs> what do we read in Hebrews 2, 12 verse 2? Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Looking unto Jesus. And it's interesting, isn't it? As we look to him, who is the author, it began with him, and it will conclude with him, for he is the finisher. As we look to him, we're to often think of Calvary. Oh, really, as we follow Jesus, we're to think of him who suffered for us. And the apostle goes on in Hebrews 12, verse 3, for consider him, who endured such contradiction of sinners. Consider him. Consider him when you're suffering, when the way is hard. Consider him this morning hour. Consider him. Consider his great love for you and what he suffered. Consider that he was opposed when you were opposed. Consider, reason in your mind. Think about what he did for you, what he suffered for you. Now Simon Cyrene looked at Jesus as he followed. You look at Jesus as you walk the Christian pathway. You look to Jesus. Exercise faith. Do it now. Look to him. Look up to him. Remember Calvary and his love to you. Remember what he suffered. Do you see Jesus by faith this morning? 
You know, sometimes people look around the congregation. You look up to Jesus at this moment. Behold Jesus. And behold Jesus in your life more and more as you follow him. As we come to the table this morning, look by faith and think of Jesus and what he suffered for you all those years ago. Look by faith. Oh, we're to consider Jesus in a spiritual way. We look back, we're to exercise faith. We're to look up, we're to exercise faith. And we're to look forward at the table and we're to exercise faith. Oh, to focus much on Jesus. Is your focus on Jesus this morning? Oh, look to Jesus as you follow him. Remember him. Remember this morning the intense sufferings of Christ, his agonizing death, his cruel sufferings as you take the bread and as you take the cup of wine. As we think of Simon bearing the cross after Jesus, remember this, we have a cross to bear in following the Lord. Jesus said in Matthew 16 verse 24, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. The cross speaks of suffering. And you notice there in those words of our Lord, let him deny himself and take up his cross. We have sufferings which are personal to us. Suffering for the sake of Christ it may be a little different for one believer from another believer. It may be your suffering in an ungodly family. Or it may be your suffering in the workplace. You see, there is a personal cross. His cross. Take it up. Submit to it. Oh, when we came to faith, did we not believe on him and we submitted to him? What we read in Philippians 1 verse 29, for unto you it is given in the behalf of Christ, not only to believe on him, but also to suffer for his sake. And as you think of that, we're looking to Jesus as we follow him, and we're bearing a cross. We're suffering for his sake. It may be somebody shakes the head at you, because they've done something you don't agree with. They don't agree with. It may be they laugh at you. They mock at you. Oh, remember Jesus from what he suffered for you. You may be despised. Remember Jesus. And remember this, he'll be there for you. It can be a very difficult experience and a lonely path as you bear a cross following Jesus. The psalmist said in Psalm 13, verse 1, How long wilt thou forget me, O Lord, forever? How long wilt thou hide thy face from me? How long shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart daily? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? How long, you may say, how long must I bear this cross? How long? It can be a lonely path. The enemy is around you. How long? Now, before we move to our final point this morning, consider this. Simon assisted Jesus to Calvary. But as you bear a cross, Jesus assists you. 
So through every valley the Lord is with us. He will help us. He will carry us. For he so cares for us. Look to him. And remember he's there to help you. He went to Calvary that he might help you in your trials. Oh look to him. Remember Simon again. He kept his eye on Jesus. He could but keep his eye on Jesus. Oh so look to Jesus. Keep your eye upon Jesus. Focus on him as you follow him through this world and as you bear a cross in following him. But thirdly and finally this morning, Jesus at Calvary. Turn with me to John 19 and verse 17. And he bearing his cross went forth into a place called the place of the skull, which is called in the Hebrew Golgotha, where they crucified him. And two other with him, on either side one, and Jesus in the midst. Jesus at Calvary. He must suffer. He must die upon the cross at Calvary. It was in accordance to God's perfect will. What did our Lord say to the two on the road to Emmaus in view of his sufferings? Luke 24, verse 26. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? Ought not Christ to have suffered? Thomas Boston wrote, His own suffering could only avail here. It was in accordance to God's perfect will. Our Lord must suffer. There will be no pardon, no salvation, no heaven, no rejoicing around the table, no leaning on Christ in our trials if he did not suffer. There will be no remission, no forgiveness of our sins. There will be no judicial forgiveness and there will be no fatherly forgiveness. Hebrews 9 verse 22, without shedding of blood is no remission. He must die. He must shed his precious blood. It was in accordance to the Father's perfect will. However, consider what he suffered at the cross from the hands of wicked men. We've already considered what agony he was already in as he was led to Calvary, wearing the crown of thorns and bearing the cross. He'd been scourged by the soldiers. He'd suffered blows afflicted upon him. In Isaiah 50, verse 6, we read, I gave my back to the smiters and my cheeks to them that plucked off the hair. I hid not my face from shame and spitting. Oh, what pain he was in. How he'd been treated and he made his way to Calvary. There were the open wounds and his back was so sore. He was so exhausted. Simon was compelled to bear the cross after him, lest they feared that our Lord would collapse on the ground and die there. Oh, how exhausted he was, but what exhausted he further knew at Calvary. As he was nailed to the cross, the cross had been assembled now on the ground, and our Lord was nailed to the cross. What pain as those nails went through his hand and through his feet. And then he was lifted up on the cross at Calvary. And they thrust the cross into the socket. No care. A couple of months ago, I saw in Fordingbridge car park, a little tent, 
The ambulance was there. It had been raining. And the paramedics were there. And a number of us were watching. And then we saw the paramedics with such care lift up this man and put him on to the trolley. With such care. He was in agony, this man. Well, consider Christ was in such agony. They just thrust the socket, thrust the cross into the socket. And there our Lord hang there upon the cross at Calvary. What pain he was in is his arms were stretched out, hanging there at Calvary. He was so exhausted, so very tired. He knew physical tiredness, but also he was exhausted within and he would cry out, but he thirsted, I thirst. Oh, he was so tired. It affected his mind. It's not easy to think straight, is it, when you're tired? Oh, consider the mind of Christ. It was hard for him to concentrate in such pain and weariness and exhaustion. Oh, what pain he was in. Terrible pain. The other day I cut my finger and my boss got out the bottle of TCP and gave it to me. I smiled. I said, my wife will tell me you don't know what pain was like, is like. And there's a truth in that. But oh, consider the pain. Jesus knew. Such agony. The nails were in his hands and feet. He was hanging there. Such pain in his joints. The bodily pain was so terrible. But that was only part of it. The inward agony was far worse. What great sorrow he knew within. His heart was so heavy. Turn with me to Psalm 69 and verse 20. Psalm 69 and verse 20. Reproach hath broken my heart, and I am full of heaviness. Some know what it is particularly to have a heavy heart. To be so low, depressed. Such a heavy heart, this numbness in the mind, such heaviness. But having said that, no one has come near to such heaviness that Christ with him. I am full of heaviness. Psalm 88, my full of troubles, he is full of heaviness. Such a heavy heart, Christ's heart. As he hung there at Calvary, so heavy, yet he prayed that you would rejoice, that you would be glad, as we see in Psalm 40 and Psalm 70. He knew such heaviness that you would know what it is to have your mind lifted up, and you would look to him, and you would rejoice in him. Oh, what he suffered at Calvary. Such heaviness he knew within. His heart was so heavy as he suffered the assaults of the wicked men, of wicked men, but also of Satan. Satan had come, particularly in the Garden of Gethsemane, in such a bruising attack. But oh, what attack was waged upon Christ as he hung there at Calvary, on the cross at Calvary. So heavy was his soul as Satan attacked him. So heavy was his soul as he faced the wrath of God. As he suffered 
for my sin. It's not nice to have a heavy heart, is it? When we think that Christ had such a heavy heart because of our sin, why did we sin today? Why did we sin last week? We forgot Jesus, didn't we? We forgot his love to us. We forgot the sufferings of Christ. Why do we never sin when our Saviour had such a heavy heart as he faced the wrath of God at Calvary? What a Saviour we have. He knows we found him. He knows we sin against him. And he's there for us. He lifts up the light of his countenance when we seek him humbly as his children, as his seed. And he's so merciful. Oh, what he suffered for us. What love. Oh, what he endured. And as we think of that word endured in Hebrews 12, verse 2, it means he, he stayed under, he remained. He did not walk away from Calvary. Oh, his heart was so heavy. He so faced the wrath of God. He had faced the wrath of God throughout his life. He was conscious of it. But he was so facing it at Calvary, so burdened. So heavy was the burden of our sins that were charged to him. But he endured. He remained. Because he so loved you. And he knew that if he did not remain, you would not be saved. Oh, what he suffered. As we think of the wrath of God, how he felt it within Psalm 22, verse 14. My heart is like wax, it is melted in the midst of my bowels. My heart like wax, he was feeling the wrath of God. But he endured. Oh, remember these words as I close this morning. Looking unto Jesus, the offer and finisher of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Look to him. He endured the cross out of great love for you and love for the Father. The cross is behind him. He never has to suffer again. And I am so thankful for that. He did it all. The finished work. The cross is behind. His death is past. He's alive in the glory. He's at the right hand of the Father. Let us bow our hearts in adoration. Let us thank him. Let us look to him. Look to Jesus this morning. Be led to Calvary. Focus on him. Look to him as you come around the table. Look to him as you leave the table. Look to him this coming week. Looking unto Jesus. Oh, to focus on him. His wondrous love. One of old wrote, Give me a sight, O Saviour, of thy wondrous love to me, of the love that brought thee down to earth to die on Calvary. Oh, for such a focus. Both for such a focus in this church and in the church of Jesus Christ in this nation. Oh, so, such a focus. At times there can be a focus on man. 
Focus on Christ. Remember what the Apostle wrote in Galatians 6 verse 14. But God forbid that I should glory save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. By whom the world is crucified unto me and I unto the world. May the Lord stir our hearts. May the Lord excite the grace of love. And may we be thankful for Jesus who was led to Calvary. Let us pray. O oh, gracious God, help us to think more on Thee. Help us to think more on our Saviour. O oh, there are times when we need to refocus. Help us to refocus on Jesus day by day. O oh, Lord, even as we go about the things of this life, the lawful things, help us to look for a few moments to Jesus. We beseech Thee. Help us to remember each day the love of Christ, particularly displayed in Calvary for us. Oh, we thank thee for him. Help us now, O Lord. Oh, may we rejoice in him. What a saviour we have who loved us and gave himself for us. Hear our prayer. Forgive us our sins. Cover that which is amiss for Christ's sake. Amen. Amen. Turn with me to Psalm 22, we'll sing verses 1 to 4, we'll sing just verses 1 to 4. My God, my God, why hast thou me forsaken, why so far? Art thou from helping me and from my words that roaring are? Psalm 22. The words of Jesus. Spurgeon believed that Jesus said all these words in Psalm 22 when he was upon the cross of Calvary. And I agree with Spurgeon. My God, my God, why hast thou me forsaken? Why so far? My God, my God,